This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Rosa. And for this episode, I walk you through the world of your inner five-year-old. I share on why it's important to connect with this specific age, to go back in time and to discover what is it about what happened when you were five years old that is affecting you now. I help you identify some of the problematic ways in which your inner five-year-old is showing up for you. I end this episode with a meditation to help you journey into the magical world of your inner child at the age of five. If you find this episode helpful and healing on your journey, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you can be notified each time a new episode is released. Also share with a friend, share it on your social media and tag me so I can reshare that with my audience through my stories. Also, if you listen through Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave me a review. As you know, this really helps boost and amplify our message on this platform. Please note that this episode does not treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition. This episode does not substitute for health care or mental health services of any kind. So without further ado, welcome to this episode on the world of your inner five-year-old. Take a listen. So welcome to this conversation on healing your inner five-year-old. And the reason we are talking today about a five-year-old and the importance of healing our inner five-year-old is because this is a critical time. So much of who we are and the beliefs that we carry about ourselves into adulthood, a lot of these stem from this time in our life. So it's important to revisit this and connect with this inner five-year-old within to heal and finally liberate the parts within us that need attention, that need this healing. And we're going to get started and going to talk about some of the emotional needs of five-year-olds. So being five, this is a time of so much curiosity and wonder and magical thinking. And depending on the type of parents you had, the curiosity was either encouraged or it was stopped or minimized, or perhaps um, you were told to not ask questions. And this is a time where we are learning about our world through questions. So if you think if you have a five or even a four-year-old in your life, they ask so many questions about everything. They want to know the who, the what, the why. And that is the curiosity. 
that is sparked. And this is a time of so many questions and wonder. This is also a time where we start to learn about what it means to be good, what it means to be bad. And the one of the difficulties with this is that at this age, for, for kids this age, is either all or nothing, black and white. There is no in between. So we internalize what it means to be good and what it means to be bad as it is conveyed and told by the grown-ups in our life. So the meaning of good and bad, we apply that to ourselves and we carry that very much into adulthood and we personalize that. And whatever we were told was bad about ourselves, whether it's our behavior, the way we look, the way we acted, our character, our personality, we're going to internalize that. If you were a child that was on the shy end and were reserved, and if you were constantly being told or questioned about why you're so shy, why don't you say hi to people, say hi and pushed and pushed, we're going to grow up thinking that being shy, being reserved is a bad thing. Or if we were the opposite, if we were very, very outgoing and talkative and asked questions and perhaps very energetic, and we were told that was bad because we were causing difficulties and bringing attention to ourselves or wanting to, to be the center of attention or wanting to get attention, then we're going to internalize that and carry it, carry it into our adult years. So the sense of self-worth or lack of begins to be internalized at this point, and it is, for the most part, in response to the grown-ups in our lives. Okay, so our parents, caregivers, whoever was with us, whoever raised us at this point, their perception of us and what they convey about us at this age is what becomes our identity and what we carry as our sense of self-worth. The core beliefs of I'm not good enough, I am not smart, or I am, or I am smart, and I am worthy, I am enough. All of these core beliefs begin to form at this age. And once again, this is what we carry for the most part into our adult years. Another critical component of this time is that we start to figure out how to relate to others. So we start to figure out how to talk to people, how to say things in a certain way to get what we want. Remember at this time, we're very verbal. We know we have uh, uh, enough vocabulary to express our needs. And we start getting really, really smart as to how to say certain things to get a certain reaction or to get a certain response. So we learn how to socialize with our peers how to socialize with the family. So if you think of family dynamics, this is when we internalize how we respond to mom when she is in such and such mood. How do we talk to dad when he's just coming back from work? And these become patterns. And depending on their behavior, depending on their response to to us as children is what we carry on and what we learn and take on to other ages or stages of our life. So words and especially encouraging words or the opposite, 
um, become very, very much ingrained in the identity that we carry as ourselves and how we perceive ourselves and it's really in our relationship to the world. So we begin to hold as truth everything that we hear about ourselves, whether it's coming from our parents, our caregivers, our relatives, uh, our teachers, our peers, but most, for the most part, it is going to be ingrained, especially from those that are, that are closest to us. So like our parents, our siblings, our grandparents, even our teachers. This is a time when we start kindergarten, our first introduction to, to authority figures in this capacity. So what they believe of us and what they convey through words and actions become our truth and become these core, deep, ingrained beliefs that we carry on sometimes, like I said before, for the rest of our lives, unless we make a deliberate effort to really reconsider and heal from these wounds. So as you hear me talk and describe some of these emotional needs and some of the emotional components of being a five-year-old, I want to encourage you to think about how it was for you. And when you reflect back on your five-year-old past, some of you may be able to remember it and some of you may not. I know for myself, when I think back to being five years old, I think about being, of course, in kindergarten. That's one of the biggest events in my life at that time. I remember my teacher. I remember my role as a, as a schoolmate, as a, as a peer to other kids. I remember how it felt to be five in a classroom. I don't have a whole lot of memories of what it was to be five with my parents. I know they were going through a lot of movement and a lot of change in their lives and a lot of turmoil. Uh, so I don't have a lot of memories from home life, but I do remember a lot about my kindergarten experience. So I want to encourage you to reflect back on what you remember from being five. And there is no right or wrong. If you don't remember a whole lot, that's completely okay. If you, if you only remember because there's pictures, and that's wonderful. Look at those pictures. Think back to those images. What do they say about your upbringing at that point? What do they say about your caregivers? If you have pictures of yourself with your parents and your caregivers or your siblings at that age, notice if they were looking at you, notice their body language. If they're looking at you, how would you describe the way they hold you? They look at you. How would you describe your outfit, how they dressed you? Because remember at five, most of us are not, maybe we tell them what to wear, but we're, we don't get to pick or shop for clothes, right? We wear what we have. So Look at your outfit. Look what you're wearing. How was your hair? You know, so these are little things that can give you clues about how it was to be five for you. And we're going to do a short quiz to find out if you, in the, in the adult version that you are now, if there are issues, difficulties, or wounds from your past, from the time when you were five years old that are showing up for you now. And I'm going to ask you specific questions that can help you um, determine what are some of the issues from that time in your life and how, they, how they're showing up for you now. 
So I'm going to invite you to get pen and paper ready and write down the answers to each of these questions. So I think it's about 10 or 12 questions. And we're going to visit the seven key areas of a five-year-old development and how they show up for us now. So when we think of, of um, some of the key issues of how it may show up for you now, we're going to be looking at self-criticism, you know, your internal dialogue, how harsh you are to yourself. Number two, we're going to look at how critical you are of others. We're going to look at shame, how you experience shame here and now. We're going to look at your self-esteem. We're going to look at your ability to, to think outside the box, your all or nothing thinking black and white we're going to look at body image and curiosity so we're going to i'm going to ask you questions in each of these categories and depending on your answers we're going to see how impacted you are from the time in your life when these issues were being formed when these issues were critical in the development of who you are now so if you have your pen and pencil or pencil or in paper ready, let's get started. For each question, you're going to answer one for never, two, rarely, three, sometimes, four, often, five, always. And I'm going to put it here on the screen for those of you that are watching this. And you can look back at the, at the answer options. So again, the options for each question going to be never, rarely, sometimes, often, and always. One is never, five is always. So question number one, I focus on things about myself that I do not like. Again, one for always, five for never. Sorry, I meant one for never and five for always. Sorry about that. Okay, let's continue to number two. If I do one thing wrong at work, or it could be anywhere else, I obsess about that mistake and discount any achievements I have made that same day. Again, one for never, five always. I spend a great deal of time worrying about what others think of me. Next question. My internal dialogue is made up of self-deprecating statements. So we're going to move on to criticism of others. But before we do that, I want to invite you to look at your answers for self-criticism Look at how many of, five, of the fives or ones you have or threes, one being never, five being always, three sometimes. So just take a look at your answers and let's go on to the next section. I am very judgmental of others. I have a hard time accepting the imperfections of my friends. 
if I'm at a party or a social event, I feel more secure when I think I look better than most people in the room. Once again, just take a look at that section. If you have more nevers or always, sometimes just take a look. And let's go on to the next section, which is on the, in the area of shame. If something goes wrong, I assume I am responsible. Never, rarely, sometimes, often, or always. If someone is rude to me, I assume I must have done something wrong. I feel angry and embarrassed if I offer my help to someone and my help is rejected or refused. I don't feel comfortable saying positive things about myself. Again, never, rarely, sometimes, often, or always. The next category is all or nothing or black and white thinking. If I make a mistake while participating in a new activity, I never engage in that activity again. Never, rarely, sometimes, often, or always. If I ask someone to do me a favor and I am refused, I never ask again. When I first meet someone, I either really like them or I really dislike them. We're going to move on to body image. When I look in a mirror at my body, I focus on what I want to change. Never, rarely, sometimes, often, or always. I wear baggy clothes so my body is not so noticeable. Okay, we're going to move on to the area of curiosity. I'm afraid to ask about something I don't understand because I'm scared of others that, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm afraid that others will think I am dumb. I dislike it when others ask irrelevant questions. I refrain from asking others questions that are too personal. So that is the end of the quiz. Just take a look. And notice if you have more nevers or always, just look at, just take a quick inventory of your answers. There is no exact science to this, but in general, the more rigid your responses tends to indicate that you, perhaps there was more rigidity in your upbringing, especially around this time, this, the age of five years old. The more judgment that you have about yourself or others tends to indicate 
a more severe or more judgment that you experienced as a child at the age of five. And for curiosity, the less curious your answers uh, indicated, perhaps this was an area in life that was not welcomed growing up or being five-year-old in your home. So I'm going to invite you to take a few minutes to journal what it was to answer these questions, to reflect back on your answers, and to answer the following prompt. What does this tell you about your inner five-year-old? How do you carry these unresolved difficulties into your adulthood? How does this feel to come to this realization? What are the emotions coming up for you in this moment? After spending a few minutes writing the answer to those questions, I want you to, in a new page, ask the following question. What are the resources that I hold in my life now that stem from my five-year-old self? We all have both. We all have resources and wounds from various time in our lives. So I want you to reflect on what resources you have now as stemming from the time you were five. I'm going to give you a few minutes for that. If you are done with your journaling questions, I'm going to invite you to find a quiet, comfortable place for you to just rest for the next three to five minutes. We're going to explore the world of your inner five-year-old. So just find a place where, where you will not be interrupted for a few minutes, where you can just feel safe and at ease. Close your eyes, take a few gentle breaths in and out. Imagine a protective white light shining down on you. See this light covering your entire body. Now imagine that you are walking down a path that leads to a beautiful garden. See your feet moving, walking on this path. Continue walking. See the entry to this beautiful garden and allow yourself to enter. Imagine the smells, the colors of this beautiful garden. Allow yourself to go deeper into the garden. As you get closer to the center, you realize there is a playground and there are children playing getting closer to the playground and as you do you notice a sandbox as you get closer to the sandbox you realize that the child playing in the sandbox is your inner five-year-old what is your inner five-year-old doing what are they playing with what are they wearing how do they look do they notice that you're there? 
What are they making in the sand? Very gently, let them know that you are there if they have not already noticed. How do they respond to your presence? Do they recognize you? Do they know who you are? How do they greet you? Just notice, just take it in. What kind of conversation do you have with your inner five-year-old? What can you tell them to let them know that you are proof that they survive? Convey gentle healing words to them. Let them know why you came back. Are you able to get a sense of what they need without using words? Stay here for a few seconds longer, just noticing and just connecting. There is no right or wrong. You're just noticing. Just notice. Remember to breathe. Let's get ready to say goodbye to this little one. Notice how it feels to say goodbye and allow yourself to gently start your walk back to where you started, waving goodbye. See yourself walking out of this garden, back to your space, to your room. Take a deep breath in, exhale, very gently open your eyes, look around you. You are back in your space, your room. Take one deep breath in and out. Journal about it, any insights, any perhaps words of encouragement that you heard or that you found yourself conveying to your inner five-year-old, write it all down. When we do these types of visualizations, sometimes it could be like dreams. If we don't write it down, we forget. I want to encourage you to write it down. Drink plenty of water and just enjoy the connection that you just had. If you had a lot of emotion coming through, welcome it. All emotion is welcome. There is no right or wrong emotion. That is healing in action. Thank you for, for listening and for watching. And I wish you a great rest of your day. Remember, you can always send me your feedback, your questions, any, any beautiful insights that you gained. I would love to hear about it. You can DM me. You can send me an email directly. And I will have all that information. If you want to contact me, I will include it in the notes. Have a great rest of your day.
I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast, and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosashettylcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.